Greetings, Rare Ones, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast. I am your host, Joanne A. Hamilton. This show is an exploration of the problems and solutions, ideas and concepts, growth and development, nuance and complexity behind emerging market startup ecosystems. Each season, I share unique conversations filled with stories from early stage founders, ecosystem builders, investors, and innovators from the front lines of global change and innovation. You will gain fresh perspective and insights, as well as learn from those on the ground who are creating the shifts and driving the action. The Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast is a part of the Rare Birds family of podcasts. You can find all our podcasts, TV, magazine, and additional resources by visiting our platform at www.rarebirdshq.com. The Rarebirds platform is on a mission to share the ingenuity occurring across emerging markets, one story at a time. We're here to help you as you journey along the ever-changing environment in emerging markets. We're not in the Rwanda kind of where you know, the, everything has ended and, you know, you're you are moving to places. Somalia is still in the transition from a failed state to a proper government. Even though the small brands will never compete in price, what we've been seeing is that uh, they can compete on, on story. And for us, what we do, we are storytellers. You know, it's also the kind of tea that you're making and the kind of name that you've kind of created in the market Mm. Uh, which is uh, which you kind of value with all your heart and soul. You just say, you know, let's change Africa or a solution for Africa or, or something like that because um, it's really just, just dopamine driven conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. It just doesn't really make sense to talk about a solution for Africa because Africa, Africa is not really, there is no one solution that works for Africa. Right now, um, we believe that the robotic arm, especially, is the type of robot that can help solve many problems, not only in one sector, but in different sectors around the continent at the same time. It can be a big problem for market. And sometimes in these markets too, you know, scaling doesn't happen overnight. It takes, you don't build an application over a year or two years, scale to like maybe a 600,000 or 1 million customers. It doesn't happen that way. It really takes a while. People are, people really are carefully spending the few dollars they have. Welcome back to the continuation of Series 10, 54 Days Across Africa, a collaboration with Ghana's Startup Lounge Africa. Startup Lounge Africa is a platform designed to encourage sustainable and collaborative growth of startups in Ghana and across the African continent. Their most recent initiative, Utana Africa, is a platform designed with an all-in-one solution to facilitate sustainable and exponential growth processes for African businesses. The 54 Days Across Africa tour is aimed at highlighting startups from across the African continent. We're now on the East Africa block of the tour and you will hear me in conversation with seven startup founders hailing from Ethiopia, Kenya, South Sudan, Rwanda, Malawi, and lastly, Uganda. If you have not already done so, please listen in to the previous episodes, numbers 198 through 202, 
to hear from the founders of Startup Lounge Africa, Prince and Samuel, as well as to listen in to some of the startups featured in the West Africa block of the tour. So from our data left, getting into the data, mining the data, we did realize that uh, there's a need for an artificial intelligence, a capability tech commands that can help customers simply solve these problems without even them getting to the store. Then we have orthopedic. These have to do with bones. If you break a limb, uh, what kind of product do you need for your elbow or for your knee? Um, yeah, for different joints have different orthopedic products. When we first came up with this event planning business, our main aim was to become the biggest event planner in Africa. And after achieving that, we can promote Africans' culture, Africans' talent, and Africans' Africans heritage to the global audience. That's why we want to join the event planning business. So we really got interested from there. Uh, we told them about tech, so the deaf were like, they really got excited. They told us, ah, if you guys are really doing something about tech, why can't you just come and start working with us? Because we've been wanting someone who can assist them, especially on the technical bit. So we are growing. Uh, we are babies, but we will continue to grow as, as a nation. And I believe that going forward five, six years from now, we'll, we'll have a different Malawi. We, we also train them on to how they can respond to the customers, how they can respond to these uh, to, 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 to deliveries that they're supposed to do. So it is them, it is the riders and the passengers telling them where they wanted this to go and where they wanted you know, their, their, their delivery to be done. We are rebuilding the all-in-one platform uh, for freelancing, uh, outsourcing, remote working alongside with talent development and workforce management solutions for businesses and African talents. Greetings, Vivens, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast. Okay, thank you. Great, Vivens. It's nice to have you on the podcast to share the entrepreneurial journey with our listeners today, the journey of your startup, which I'm having difficulty pronouncing, so I will let you pronounce it for us. Tell us, firstly, tell us where are we call where are you speaking to us from, Vivens? Okay, yeah, thank you. So I'm of events and I'm the founder of Umarava Work and I'm speaking from Kigali, Rwanda. Right. So Umarava Work. Umarava Work. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yep. That's a tongue twister. Umarava. Umarava Work. Okay. Great, Vivens. So Vivens. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Vivens is in Kigali. So Vivens, before we uh, jump into your startup, tell us a little bit about you. Who is Vivens? Okay, so thank you. So, uh, Vivens is a, a young individual person uh, who is always really interested to uh, figure out uh, different solutions uh, which can work for our African problems. And uh, most of the times, once you can even visit my social media profile, you will see that he's an individual focused on Africa social development. Uh, social social and economic development for entrepreneurship, uh, technology and youth empowerment. So that's uh, more about me in terms of maybe taking it in a general perspective. Right. Okay. Thank you so much for that. So Vivens, 
Tell us the story mm -hmm. behind Umara, Umarava work. Sure, thank you. Uh, Umarava work normally uh, as the story as the story as the story behind it started back in 2017. Uh, I remember the time I was graduating from my high school. Uh, while transitioning to the university, uh, I got an opportunity to study in a US-based university. And uh, most of the times, the time I was still in high school, uh, I was good in mathematics and the other science-related uh, subjects. And uh, the time I, I had to join the university, I was going for business management. And uh, the time I was there, I, I had to figure out and I was really... Um, I was really introduced to different um, skills development programs, uh, seeing different uh, stuff in terms of really talent development, looking at the ways of uh, the outsourcing and remote working models are working, where we can get the talents from Africa to Europe to other African countries as well. And uh, I had also to sit and I went back and I said that, okay, I remember that all of my colleagues whom we could compete in high school are now struggling in high, are now struggling with the local universities. And some of them are just here on the street uh, without having something to do. And then there are these good mathematicians whom you can't even place in the software development course. And after six to eight months, they can be the masters. So after getting that scenario a bit, I had also to, to, to do the research on uh, outsourcing, uh, freelancing and remote working development in Africa and how they can work better for the businesses. So normally the story for creating Umarava work came from there where I connected the challenges of young people who are really struggling to get all of the needed uh, skills and also looking at these young people who are not employed, why we can create new uh, models of employment for these emerging markets. And then after looking at the ways, looking at the ways of African businesses and organizations, most of the times they struggle to get on demand talents and the ones who are very specialized and also taking the perspective of the global companies who always look up to Africa to hire and outsource the African talents to Montreal. So normally that was the story behind and uh, it's really based on the two aspects on young talent side from Africa and another, and another business perspective. So normally that was the story behind and that's how like, the idea came to arrive. Okay, so there's youth unemployment, there's youth upskilling, and then there's the businesses who have a talent shortage or or unable to access talent, the right talent, yep. right? Okay, so mm, yes. the next question I was going to ask is what specific problem are you solving? So you just told us the problem that you're solving. So tell us how your platform, Umarava Work, is solving this problem for the young people and for the businesses. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Uh, normally, uh, we are really uh, solving the problems which are in the two uh, different corners. Uh, one is on the businesses side. On the businesses side, we are solving two problems. Uh, one is um, lack of professional Pan-African influence platforms uh, where the businesses can easily uh, hire and outsource on the demand talents for various projects and jobs, either on a short-term, uh, long-term, and medium-term basis. Second one, uh, it's more on a mismatch between uh, jobs available and projects available and the skills available. 
where we see that the businesses struggle in that aspect and this one is limiting their performance and the growth. And also the other problems are on the young talent side where one is uh, youth unemployment and unemployment on African talents, where we see that most of our young people are focusing on full-time jobs while they are really, really limited. And they are not aware of some new models of employment like consulting, outsourcing, freelancing, and remote working, which can create many digital employment models for them. And the last problem on the young people's side, it's on the big gap in the technology and soft skills development, where we see that the African talents are really struggling to be even the, to be on the global competitive job markets due to the limited tech and uh, soft skills they are currently having. Normally, those are the four problems we are resolving, two on the business side and two on young African talent side. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so you've created this marketplace, right? So, sure. okay, tell us how the marketplace actually works. So first okay. start with, yeah. you know, there's two sides, the youth side so, and then the business side. So let's start with the youth side. Yeah. So I go to your platform, your marketplace, and then what? Okay, thank you. Normally, uh, I, I can first also explain the core solution and then I do sure. talk about how it works. Yes. yes, please. Normally, uh, we are we are really building the all-in-one platform uh, for freelancing, uh, outsourcing, remote working, alongside with talent development and workforce management solutions for businesses and African talents. So, on the businesses side, uh, how it works is very simple. The businesses come on the platform uh, with the specific. Uh, expertise, skills, or even the services that they are looking for. They register on the platform by sending us that, uh, you guys, hey, we are looking for 10 people who are going to undertake this graphic design project or maybe this research data project. So then, after getting the request, we use uh, the, the different data analytics to ensure that uh, we get the right talents they are looking for. And then the third, we do, after getting the talents, we make sure that uh, the talents are going to be fully managed, uh, to be fully managed, of course, in relation of the project. And then after uh, the businesses or the other clients, release the payment to Umurava work, and then after we release the payment to our freelancers. Then on the talent side, there are two, there are four ways. One, it's uh, the talents register on the platform where they really uh, feel our profile, um, which is the first base of getting the talents, uh, experience, knowledge, expertise, as well as his or her portfolio. Second, we do screening where we make sure that if this person wants to join in the category of uh, web development, we do screen and we see whether the person is really ready for that. And then after screening, we do what we call project-based assessments, especially on the talents who have already got the big portfolio, it's difficult for them to pass an event in the project-based assessment. But the ones whom we see that the experience is still low, they pass under project-based assessments in the third stage to ensure that they are really prepared and that one can take from one to two weeks to ensure that uh, you are really, uh, we are making sure that we are only boarding the talent who is really equipped and someone who is ready to really undertake 
the project in his or her area of expertise. And finally, we do the final uh, business uh, values intro to the talent who have already passed the first three stages and also the final interview and then finally they are onboarded on the platform. Once you are onboarded, you are qualifying to start work on various projects and jobs which are being uh, sent from different clients, either locally and globally. Thank you. Okay, so it sounds like you have a robust vetting process. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what exactly are you doing? Are you interviewing? Are you bringing them in? Are you testing? Like, what's your screening like? Thank you. Yeah, you, you, you are right because this is Africa as well. Let me talk about that. And uh, most of the times we are still working on the aspect of uh, getting the people who are really specialized in what they want to be and what they want to perform. That's why we make our vetting process very tough because let me give you two examples. If someone wants to come on the platform and is a web designer and we see that the person has really delivered on more than 10 to 20 projects, that person cannot really be given a test to join the platform. And in fact, that person can be given other uh, scenario-based scenario based indications that is, which would really ensure that he or she can be a professional uh, freelance talent on our platform. But someone who might want maybe to join a transcription, like we get many projects in the qualitative data transcription, that person, he has not done on, on those projects before, but the person has the skills which are needed and the person can really learn very faster. That person is given two different tests. One, it's project-based assessment, which is really related to what the person will be doing. After finishing that project-based assessment, one, we do the project-based assessment two, where we get the similar project to the ones who have already performed maybe on, and that person is given that project as well. And once the person can meet the expectations we are looking for, that person qualifies and then it takes between one to two to two weeks because we really give them, them time to learn more about what they're going to be working on and how they will be delivering and then after we do um, an intro because we want to be in this uh, pan-african platform but which is globalized and uh, you understand that we need to make sure that we get the smart african talents on the platform who really knows most of the values for the world of work and the future of work to ensure that uh, we are going to be amazing our clients instead of disappointing them on their project. So that's what I can say about that. Right. Now, in terms of the, the upskilling part, what kind of, uh, mm -hmm. like, are you offering classes or courses? How, how are you upskilling the talents? Perfect. Thank you. So normally when upskilling the talents, we have uh, two different ways we are going to be using. One, it's more on um, this uh, extensive upskilling training, uh, which can range from one to four months. And that one is really uh, specifically to someone who is already in that area. Maybe someone did an accounting in his or her university and then want to upskill that person. He will go for the training. He or she will go for the training for four to six, one to four months. And then 
There is another one we have not yet started that, but the design is already there. Where we'll be doing the deep skills development. It means if someone maybe you want to be a digital marketing specialist, it's not something you can really run in the, in the four months if you want to be a professional uh, uh, digital marketing specialist. We make sure that you can get deep skills development in terms of courses, which are project-based as well, and also which are mentor-based to ensure that uh, the person we are going to, to, to make is someone who can really perform either on the gigs from US, London, uh, India, China, so that he or she can be the best in what he can. So we are making sure that we do upskill to the ones who have already got the basics in what they want to be. And then we make sure that we do the deep skills development uh, program to the new people who want to worry like the specialization in some areas of expertise. So thank you. That's what I can talk about. That. Right. Now, going back to the businesses, how mm -hmm. are you able to get these businesses to to work with you to onboard to your platform like how are you able to gain their trust okay thank you so i think that uh, we are very young very young because uh, we started in dc january 2021 but mm -hmm. uh, we have seen ourselves working with uh, more than 35 uh, clients businesses as of now and also Last month, we got uh, the big project for, for for three months where we are working with another big consulting firm, of course, which is outsourcing our talent. And it's the big project. And uh, the, the trust is more of uh, what I have told you. We are setting up the processes which make it easier for the businesses to get the talents. And then after getting the talents, we do the whole workforce and project management approach. That's our key as well. And then after, we make sure that we do meet what the clients are looking for instead of giving them what we think. So we give them what they think must be like the right expectations for their project or services they are looking for. That's why we see uh, the repetition of the clients coming. We retain them. And the good thing is that, as I told you, that we are very young, but uh, our plan now is it really now to approach more and to sustain our sales and marketing strategies and we are very sure that they're gonna work because we got we have already even started to see the other big clients interested in our platform and we are currently working on many proposals and concepts notes for partnership and uh, sales agreement and uh, so yeah it's more of making sure that you do understand what they are looking for and you give them what they are looking for in terms of formulating your talents, the way you select them, the way you manage them. Yeah, that, 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 that's what I can talk about that. And uh, it's going away in fact. That's great. Now, you said you only started in January. So of course, 22, <laughs> yes. That's that's pretty recent. So you've you've achieved some success already, it sounds like. Yep. Yep. And do you have plans to go beyond Rwanda? Of course, I have a, we have a plan to go beyond Rwanda, normally starting the next year. Uh, we, we want also even to have a specialized solution or product to the European countries who are always looking to hire the African talents remotely. And also we want to make sure that we start to penetrate our East Africa, where we, we're going to start from Kenya and Tanzania. 
Right. So you definitely want to get into the remote market where you'll have international clients and not just local clients. So, yeah, that creates more competition, which is good. Yep. In the market, I see. Okay. Now, initially you said you started this platform because you recognize the, the problem. And we know this is a big problem in terms of lots of unemployed young people. What do you, I mean, outside of you being the entrepreneur solving this problem, you can't do this on your own. So are you collaborating with, with, with others? Are you working with others? Because youth unemployment and youth, uh, youth's lack of youth skills is not something an entrepreneur on their own can solve. This involves education. It involves government. It involves other institutes. You understand where I'm coming from. So big picture. Is it just, are you operating in isolation that your startup just working with these few key people or are you looking to take this even further where you, it, it's, it can be something much bigger where you're, you're saying, okay, we can work with um, academic institutions or we can work with government, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, perfect, thank you. Uh, normally uh, I would tell you that first of all, um, I'm this person who is, uh, quite uh, really interested in running more on a daily basis about what we call partnership and collaboration. Mm. And um, we want this summer of our work to be really the global brand, which is uh, the win-win solution for the businesses, either local and globally. Also being another key solution to our young talents, especially when we really solve the big youth uh, of youth unemployment and underemployment on the African continent. It means that we really need to have many partners in the press. First of all, there is a government side. The government side is always really investing a lot in talent development and space development programs. And most of the times, we are really looking for now different scenarios in which we can work with them. And the good thing is that that is where our proposals have already gone. And most of the times when it comes to talent development in Africa, the talents themselves, they can't get money. They can pay you to make, to put them on the delivery you want them to be. So you need partners in the press to ensure that either you can even be funded, you can be supported, you can do uh, like maybe, you can do the joint programs with other uh, organizations in the press to ensure that you get the people you are really looking for. Another thing I can tell you is that uh, here in Rwanda, there are other uh, really enterprises which are now focusing much on even the career development programs. And also we are identifying the possible collaboration and mechanism in which we can work together. Maybe someone, maybe for the trained someone, for instance, in a finance and accounting, and of course we want to really have that person being like the, an, an expert in that, we can add, uh, of course, a few skills or maybe a few touch on that to ensure that that person is very scared. It means that we are really focusing much on how we can work with all um, partners involved, either government, either academic institutions, universities, to ensure that we get many talents uh, prepared, uh, specialized, and of course, securing different big um, employment and gigs to improve their economic living and uh, yeah, to get their skills serving the businesses. And this one 
as long as the businesses have the right talents in place, the business achieve whatever they plan. That's what I can. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Can you tell us a little bit more about the team behind Umarava Work? Sure. And as of now, uh, I'm there, of course, um, I'm the founder of Umarava Work and uh, my specialties are more on three ways. One is on business management uh, with a bachelor degree and uh, uh, big courses and experience in project management, as well as also data analysis. And then we have another one uh, who is a uh, the heading all of the operations and the good thing is that he has uh, the education background and uh, the good skills in talent development and also on another side we are getting and the software developer and, and the good thing i can tell you is that the team of free people uh, we have like the same backgrounds we are these young guys who struggled from the scratch and we are now somewhere, all of us as free people. And uh, one, the one who is in education background was among my competitors in high schools, uh, among like, the top performers. And also another one who is a software developer of now is among my top competitors in the university as well. So you understand that pretty much to ensure that uh, we can take this to the global stage by but making sure that we cultivate more to empower our fellow colleagues. Of course, starting in Rwanda to other African countries. Thank you. Yeah, that's you mentioned that you, one of your teammates was, you said you're one of your competitors in school. Of course. <laughs> Interesting, and now you work together. Well, that's good. If he was one of your competitors, that means the two of you, that your team generally is, is a highly, highly capable team. That's good. Oh. We, we, we are, we are, we are, yeah. I think that building a talent marketplace may sound easy, but it's actually quite complex. Can you talk to the, that yeah. complexity? Like, what is it really like building that? And what are what are some of the challenges that you guys have faced? I mean, it's only been 11, 10, 11 months, but still, what are some of the challenges that you faced? Uh, so I know what I think it's at, uh, the, the big challenges we, we are facing with as of now is that, as I told you, uh, hmm. we do have many uh, young people who are looking for jobs, employment opportunities on a daily basis. And they can even be the best once they can get them, but they don't have the skills, that's one. And uh, no, they don't have ex skills, competences which are needed, and sometimes an experience in a place. And you find that the resources you can spend on them to ensure that they are the level you want them to be cannot be done right now as a startup. And in fact, you get the, the, uh, the big funders who can refund you to ensure that you get them on the right position where you want them to be. And you find us that we can secure big projects and we really failed in it. Not fail as uh, failing on the project, but we failed to get the right talents who can deliver on that. Normally, that's the big complex I can talk about right now. It's more of we don't have like, the ready talents who are specialized, even across the various of expertise. There are many jobs around, many people are hiring on a daily basis, many people want various. Uh, Stuff to work in their businesses and organizations, but 
right talent the big problem and those right talent and those talents also who want also uh to be on the top positions of maybe getting various projects to work on different jobs they don't have the resources which can even upskill and they can maybe reskill themselves it means that that's the big complex we have already identified and that's why we, we are prioritizing more on how can we get either the funds how can we get the longer term investor where we can reinvest in these talents to ensure that they are on the level they want to be because we get different requests but you find that we are going we are running behind of the talents who are very ready and specialized right okay i understand that now in terms of your business model so your clients pay are your clients paying you a fee to access the talent and the talent are registering for free but they pay for the classes how does that aspect work okay perfect normally we make money in a, in, a, in a two ways one it's uh we we make uh, either for the businesses uh requesting a time it's free uh, and also on the, the talent side registering on the platform it's free but we make money we make sure that uh, per the only demand a project which is accomplished on the platform uh, we get 20 to 45 percent and that is charged either to businesses uh, and, and also to the talent side in normally in influencing marketplace the freelancers are of course supposed to to, 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 to make the fee on them, maybe the job or the project they have accomplished. And also another thing is uh, we make money per project based revenues. This is where we work on a big project. And of course, we get our talents on that and uh, we make money out of that. Normally that's that we make money and it's a simple model. Okay. okay, so where do you see this going in the future? Where would you like, uh, Umarapa work to be positioned, say, five, 10 years from now? I think uh, for, for 10 years as of, for 10 years from now, uh, we want to build the whole value chain of preparing the talents, getting the talents, and also uh, getting the businesses local and globally, having what we call um, outsourcing and sustainable freelancing strategies in their core businesses because that's this is the future of work of course and then we want Murabawek to be a, a pan-african influence platform but which is being outsourced by african countries as well as also uh, being outsourced by the global companies and organizations that's normally what we want to bend of course we want to get many numbers in terms of getting these talents on the platform these businesses hiring on a daily basis yeah but we want to position this as a global uh, solution, but which is based on the point from Africa. Got it. So what lessons have you learned from your entrepreneurial journey that you'd like to share with our listeners, our rare ones that are listening in? Uh, I think that- I know uh, for you it's short. I know for you it's short, but there's always something that we can learn, right? Of course, I think I have run it a lot. I have run a lot because uh, normally uh, on our side, we make sure that um, we are a bit strategic. Our team is a bit strategic uh, when we are doing something. And uh, in entrepreneurship, uh, we do plan 
uh, you do plan and also it's recommended but i would say that experiment is the key learning from the experiments once you are in this entrepreneurship run is the key because if you can commit um, an error or a mistake today make sure that you can't repeat that in front of the client that one will make you uh, or make your business uh, progressing on a daily basis so and also another thing is that uh, let us ensure that the smaller the better mm. you get one client today serve him or her on your best and then make sure that the smaller the better will drive the bigger uh, the bigger the best if i can say that but uh, it's more of making sure that you, you you trace the small resources you have to maximize your results right so if you have you know they always say everything starts with that one client if you have that one client do an astounding job over over deliver focus on making that client happy and then just start with that one and it grows from there as opposed to spreading yourself too thin and not providing that consistent quality sure yeah okay and then that one client will tell other clients and other clients and then you start to grow it's, it sounds like that's what you're saying is that accurate yeah yeah okay great well the uh, I, I feel like you're more of an opportunity market than a talent market because ultimately you're providing opportunities you're creating the right environment so that opportunities can can manifest right opportunities sure. for for employers and opportunities for for the talent so well done exactly. yeah thank yeah. you yeah and it was a real pleasure to have you on the podcast today so thanks so much for sharing with us you know i do have one final question where did the sure, name, where did the name umarava work come from what is that okay perfect uh normally umarava work umarava is a kinyarwanda word and it means courage it mm. meant our work, uh, we are courageous at work and we are really good at that. As long as we get something to work on, we are really committed, courageous to deliver uh, to what uh, clients are expecting from us. And in fact, we are courageous to prepare the talents who are ready, of course, for the world of work and the future of work. Brilliant. That's a great reminder to you and to all of us, but especially to you sure, as you, you work as you're building every day. Yeah, thanks for sharing that yeah. with us. All right, sure. folks. That's it for Vivens and I. And until next time, bye for now. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening in to this collaborative series of the Rare Birds Emerging Market Podcast with Ghanaian's Startup Lounge Africa, 54 days across the African continent. I hope you enjoyed learning about the startups featured in the East Africa block of the tour. More importantly, follow the founders and support the work that they're doing in their respective countries. Special thanks to Prince, Samuel, and Claudia of Startup Lounge Africa. Stay tuned for the next installment. And as always, it has been a pleasure. Until next time, rare ones, bye for now.